Welcome to Friendship with God. Today, Tom Cantor will continue teaching us from Genesis 1-1, the meaning of in the beginning, God, and the Hebrew word for God, Elohim, as it applies to the Jewish Shema. This message is available for free download at friendshipwithgod.org and also free listening and download at iTunes.com, searching for the Friendship with God podcast. Now, we make these messages available to you the listener, and also to Jewish people, as well as many Jewish evangelism resources and lots of free listening and free viewing resources and reading resources at friendshipwithgod.org. That's all made possible by your listener support, your financial support, and continuing this radio program and broadcast on this station in your city. We get many people who really enjoy the teaching from Tom Cantor in the Friendship with God radio program. We get lots of cards, emails, calls. People really enjoy it. Now, we had one city that we were not able to continue the program on in, and a listener called in today and said that they really enjoyed the program and miss it on their city and wish that they had supported the program as far as donation-wise. And so we'd like to encourage you to help support this radio listening program. If you're enjoying the program, whether you're driving or at home or wherever you listen to the radio program, even if you download it for free, to continue to make this teaching, this Old Testament teaching and scriptures that come alive from Tom Cantor available to many listeners, even the lost as well as brethren and those that are in Christ. So we want to encourage you to support this financially. You can give a one-time donation or even a small or even large reoccurring monthly donation to help support this radio broadcast. Please call us now or after the program with your support at 1-800-247-3051, 1-800-247-3051. Again, that's 800 800- Two four seven thirty fifty one. You can also support this program online at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor's resources available at friendshipwithgod.org, as well as signing up for his daily devotional verse at friendshipwithgod.org. If you need more information, call us at 800-247-3051. Now here's Tom Cantor with today's teaching from Genesis 1-1 on Elohim, the Hebrew word for God. And the Jewish Shema. Now, Elohinu is the is is the uh, word for our gods. It's like Elohim with the hour on it. You know, don't try that at Edizy Akins. You know, I don't want our bagels or <laughs> bagelainu anyway. But um, ju- just just remember, Elohinu is Elohim possessive. So it's our gods. That's important. Elohinu, our gods. Our God is one. And that's the word echad. Grab that word. There's no other word. You know, very, very important word, echad. It means, it means one, but it's a special kind of one. It kind of means a together or a unity or a unify type of word. It's, it's often seen in the Bible where different things are coming together. It's actually first used in, in uh, Genesis 1 when it says there that he gathers all the, he gathers all the waters into one anyway. But it, it's, it's, it's there, and, and it mean, but a, better, a really nice place to look at it is Genesis 2.24. When you look in there and you'll see this word which is used there, this, it's talking about the two coming together. The husband and the wife. And therefore, it says in 2.24, Shall a man leave his father and his mother, and shall cleave unto his wife, and they two shall become echad, flesh. 
one flesh. Two very different people. Sometimes very, very different people. (laughs) Depends on the situation. Very, very different people come together to become echad, one flesh, right? Here in our assembly, we have, uh, I'm sure all you'll agree, we have some very different people, right? Some more different than others. Anyways, we all come together and we are an echad assembly. We are one assembly, one assembly. And this is a very, very important, very, very important concept as opposed to the other word in Hebrew for one, which is yachid. And this, you may remember in Genesis 2.24, when God gave the call to Abraham, and he said to him, Take now thy son, thine only son, whom thou lovest. That's the word yachid. If we could, if we had the, the, I think the New Testament was written in Hebrew originally, but anyway, if we had the Hebrew, well, in front of us, of the most famous verse in the Bible, for God so loved the world that he gave his echad, begotten son. I'm sorry, yehid. Only listen to about half of what I say. To, To the yehid begotten son, his very, very singular only son. That, that's the word yehid. That's not the word that's used for God. Echad is used for God, much to the dismay of Moses Maimonides, who, on one of his tenets of uh, Judaism, understood quite well this, the implications of this, and said in one of his tenets, God is one, and the shock of it all is that he used the word yehid, when the, the most famous verse, most famous in the Bible, for Jews, clearly, echad, God is echad, God is one. There are different persons. Now, the echadness of it all is very, very important. And so look at Psalm 133. Uh, Psalm 133.3. It says, Behold, look at this. How good. This is really good. And how pleasant. This is so pleasing. What? For brethren to dwell together in unity. You could almost imagine. You could say, Look at how really great it is when really different brethren dwell together in unity. When they uh, normally don't even agree and they dwell together in unity. When some of them don't like each other and they dwell together in unity. When, when, when some of them say, you know what he said to me? Or do you know what she did to me? And they dwell together. Or, or when, they say, when they say something like, uh, you know, uh, do you know what he said on May 8th, 1994? <laughs> Behold, God says, that is so great. When they, not when they disagree. But it's so, or fight, that's not good. But when they dwell together in unity. Why? Because, you know, um, uh, here's another translation of uh, uh, the famous uh, love chapter of uh, 1 Corinthians 13, right? Love uses the delete key. All right? Love uses the delete key. Love deletes files. Love deletes old files. Oh, yeah, the, the, the ones from 1994. <laughs> love deletes those files. And love makes it so you can't even remember them anymore. So you don't look at a person and say, well, you, you, I'm still so fresh in my mind, just like you did it yesterday. In fact, it's growing. And God says, love deletes those files. Oh, I can't remember what you did. That's nice. That's what love does. And that's what God says in, in Psalm 133, verse 1 through 3. And he says, it's so great. He says, it's like the precious ointment, verse 2. 
Psalm 133. It's like the precious ointment upon the head, and it runs down to the beard, and it gets all over Aaron, and nobody's concerned about who's going to wash the clothes. No, that's not what it says. And it went down to the skirts of his garments, and he says, God says, that's just so great. It's like the dew of Hermon, when it just out of nowhere, all of a sudden there's dew. And it just it settles down and it descends on the mountain of Zion. And God says, I think that's so great that when I see that, you know what I'm going to do? God says, I'm going to say blessing on those people. That's what he says. I will command the blessing. Even eternal life, life forevermore. Unity is very, very important. That's why it says, in, 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 turn to Romans 12, 18. If it be possible. <laughs> I like that part, don't you? I like the if it be possible part. Because <laughs> sometimes it's not possible. No, no. But he says, uh, if it be possible, as much as lieth in you. Sometimes we don't have a lot lying in us. Live peaceably with all men. With all men. Even the ones you don't like, even the ones that did something to you that you can't get out of your mind, even the ones who you blame and they hurt you, and all this is live peaceably, peaceably, shalomly with all men, with all men. Live that way if it's if it be possible. So you know, I, I, Paul Paul did a lot of counseling, and he was a realist, and so he said, if it be possible. Some people he says not possible. He says anyway. Um, but in any, uh, we won't turn to it now because of time, but you write it down. Ephesians 4, 1 through 6, and I'm going to read it to you. Paul says to Timothy, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you, so I sorry, said to the Ephesians, that you walk worthy of your vocation, walk worthy of this vocation, wherewith you're called, with all lowliness, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep, hold on to, the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Why? There's one body, there's one spirit, even as you're all called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, one Father of all, who's above all. You know what Paul's saying? Church? There's only one church. You can't go to a different God. God's church, his body, is one church. If you're a believer, you can't go to a different church. That you're in that church. You may be in this little congregation right here, or you may be the one in Santee, or you may be the one down there in Chula Vista or Benita. Those are little, little assemblies, you know. But as far as God's concerned, there's one church. And you can't go to another church. You can get mad at this church and you can say, I'm leaving, I'm going to another church. And you sit in there and say, here I am in the other church. <laughs> and I say, now nah, I feel good. Anyway, you can't do that. As far as God's church is concerned, one church. He says one church is all you got. One church, one calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, one Father. So live with it is what he's saying. And as possible, live peaceably with, 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 with the church, with the brethren. John 10 and uh, verse 28 and the Lord Jesus Christ is talking here. He's talking about his church. He says, I give unto them eternal life. They shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hands. Then he says these words, I and my Father are echad. I and my Father are echad one. We are one. We are echad one. And when he said that, 
The Jews picked up stones, see that verse 31, to, to stone him. Again to stone him. Again. It, says, it has to say it again. It has to remind us. Again to stone him. Why? They knew exactly what he was saying. He was saying, the Shema, it's talking about me. The Lord our God is Echad, is one. He said, I and my Father are one. He could have said, I and my Father and my Spirit are one, and, his, and the Spirit of God are one. We're one. That's, the, that's what he was saying there. We're one. And that's why they took it up. So God is, a, God is, a, God is an Elohim. God is a plurality of persons. God is a unity. God is a tri-unity. God is a trinity. A tri-unity of three persons. There is the God, the Abba Elohim, the God the Father. There is the Bain Elohim, God the Son. There is the Ruach Elohim, God the Spirit. And the Shema is teaching us exactly the opposite of what it is used for today. Because it's used for today to say, oh, you can't become a Christian, you Jewish boy. Because Christians believe in three gods. And we only believe in one God. And the Shema says that. Shema says just the opposite. It says that, it says that our gods are all echad one. They're all echad one. Now, the application is to our fellowship. Now, now we uh, <clears throat> ask the question, how is God one? I mean, you know, I, I mean, you can't really imagine God not getting along with each other, the, you know, the, different, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, but they are different persons. But they are one in their purpose, and we should be one in our purpose. And they are one in their desires, and we should be one in our desires. And they are one in their goals, and we should, as a fellowship, should be one in our goals. Even though they are different personalities, and definitely we are different personalities, you cannot divide them. You cannot say, well, that was the Father's will, but your will, you cannot do that with the, with the God. And that should be the way it is now. When I'm speaking to you, someone once said, what part is speaking to me, you? Is it my body that's speaking to you? Yes. Is it my spirit that's speaking to you? Yes. Is it my soul that's speaking to you? Yes. Well, what time, what, who, who just said that last word? Was that your body, your soul, or your spirit <laughs> that said that? You can't say. You cannot divide the Godhead. And we as a congregation, as a fellowship, if we're going to please God, we're going to be this way. Now, verse 2 says, back at Genesis 1. Genesis 1. See, we're making progress. Verse 2 says, The earth was formless. It was without form. It was void. It was empty. It was like a waste place. And darkness was upon the face of of the deep darkness. You remember the ninth plague of Egypt? It was a darkness. Anybody remember what it said about that darkness in Exodus? The Lord said unto Moses, Stretch out thine hand toward heaven, that there may be a darkness over the land of Egypt, even a darkness which may be felt. God said, This is a darkness which may be felt. Can you feel that darkness? That darkness in Egypt, this darkness here in Genesis, it's a great, great, it's a darkness which is so bad on the outside that it penetrates to the inside, and it's just a darkness. You can feel the darkness. That's what he brought as the, you know, remember the plagues got worse and worse in their intensity. That was the one before the, the worst one. 
the killing of the uh, firstborn. The darkness which may be felt. This was a darkness before the Lord Jesus Christ. Remember, remember the Messiah on darkness shall cover the earth and gross darkness. The people, remember that? And it says, and, uh, and the people which walked in darkness and in the shadow of death. To them, light. Now, this earth, darkness. To it, light. Job, um, uh, okay. Now, did God create this darkness? Does God create evil? Some of you may know the answer to this. Isaiah 45, 7 reads, I form the light and create darkness. So there's your answer. There you are. I make peace and I create evil. I, the Lord, do all these things. Now, hell is called a land of darkness. Job 10 tells us that very clearly. 10.22, it says, A land of darkness as darkness itself. He emphasized it. And of the shadow of death without any order and where the light is as darkness. So he's describing here hell as the opposite of what's happening here in Genesis 1. Because God is going to dispel the darkness with light and he's going to bring order from the tohu vabohu. Those are the words. Don't you like those words? Tohu vabohu. That means dark. That means uh, empty and void, you know. That's what we call the backseat of Joseph's car. Tohu and vabohu. Joseph discovered you don't need trash cans. It's tohu vabohu back there. But this is tohu vabohu here. And he says, and, and you remember, remember I, I joked about this uh, in... Um, the memorial service of Pastor Jim. Remember what the Lord said to the goats? You know, He said, uh, Depart from me, and at Matthew 25, ye cursed into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. Prepared for the devil and his angels. The place of darkness and hell was not prepared for man. It was prepared for the devil and his angels. And God doesn't want any man to end up there. How do you know that? Because he said, as we've seen before in 2 Peter 3, 9, he's not slack concerning his body. He's long-suffering to us. We're not willing that any, not willing that anyone should slip through the cracks, should perish. And in 1 Timothy 2, 4, who will have all men to be saved, <clears throat> come to the knowledge of the truth. He wants everybody to be saved. So this was not, hell was never a place that was ever prepared for man. It was prepared for the devil and his, and his demons. Okay, But now, in verse 2 of Genesis 1, it, it wasn't right. It was the Spirit of God, the Spirit of, the spirit of Elohim Godhead, and He's moving, and you know what that word is literally? He's hovering. He's hovering over the waters. When we, I, always say, when I always say about, when my kids grew up, I always say when we grew up. I don't know why I say that, but I think it's because I felt I grew up also. But anyway, we had a t- triple bunk during that time. And, the, and, they, and people slept on the bunk. Our kids, three boys, slept on the bunk according to their birth order. Right? David, Joseph, Joshua. Triple bunk. And uh, so David was on top. Very, very gregarious person. And firstborn, he was on top. Joseph was in, down below him. Very private person, Joseph. And David was always trying to see what Joseph was doing. He would be peering over his bunk, you know. See, what's he doing there? And Joseph used to huddle his books and everything on the inside of his bed, you know, private things. <clears throat> and David would be looking over, trying to see what that was, and peering. And Joseph had um, pins, straight pins, polka, you know, <laughs> like that. You know. 
and stop that, you know. And, and you know, but David was, it just, it just irritated Joseph to no end. This was going on, just peering over. And we, then all of a sudden we hear this, Mom, Mom! You know, it never called for me, I don't know why. But anyway, and she goes, what is it, Joe? What is it, Joe? And Joe would scream, Mom, Mom, he's hovering again. <laughs> he's hovering, that was the big term. And said, David, stop hovering, you know. <laughs> what was he doing? He was interested. He was hovering. He was interested. That's what the Spirit of God is doing here. He's hovering over the earth. He's interested. He's like fluttering, like a bird over its, 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 uh, its uh, chicks, its, its, its little baby birds. He's hovering. Why? Because something's not good here. It's not good. It's all out of order. There's no, it's empty, and there's a darkness and so he, the Spirit of God is hovering over this. He's possessively hovering over this earth like that because it's not right. And this whole process of what we're going to see here in Genesis 1 and what's starting here is a, it's a, it's a yatsar process, the yatsar of it all. So to, what am I talking about? Okay, turn to Isaiah 45, 18. Isaiah 45, 18. For thus saith the Lord, and that word is Jehovah, right? Thus saith the Jehovah God person of the Elohim Godhead. Just saith the Jehovah that created the heavens. God, and that word is Elohim. Elohim, God himself, also formed the earth and made it. He hath established it. He created it not in vain. He formed it to be inhabited. I am the Lord, and that word is Jehovah, and there is none else. Now twice you see a word in English there, and what is that word? Formed. That's right, you see the word formed. That's the Hebrew word yatsar. It's formed. And if you want to look at Isaiah 64, 8 later, it says, But I, but now, O Lord, thou art our father, we are the clay, and thou art potter, thou art yatsar. In other words, we are, and then he says, and we are all the work of thy hand. Can you picture this? The potter is getting the clay just right, and he's, he's hovering. He's hovering over it. Oh, it's not the way I want it, so put it back on the wheel, and i got to work some more, and I'm going to get it just right. That's the Yatsar. That's the potter. Ah, you know, and that's the description from Isaiah 45, what you said, of how he formed the earth. I don't have it just right. I'm hovering over it here just to see what it's like here. And that's not right, and I'm going to put it in my hands, and I'm going to form it, and I'm going to squeeze it, and I'm going to do it this way and do it that way until i got it perfect. That's the Yatsar of it all. In Psalm 139, verse 16, I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and now my soul knows right well. My substance was not hid from thee when I was made in secret and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Thou, thou, thine eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect in thy book, all my marvelous were written, which in continuance were Yatsard, fashioned when as yet there was none of them. That's what he does with us. He fashions us. He forms us. If you grab a hold of that principle, it will bring you peace. I remember, I think I mentioned before, Semenyu. Semenyu was born. He had tuberculosis there outside of Addis, in, in, quite a ways outside of Addis in Ethiopia. Deformed spine. So much pain Semenyu had that he would go to school and lie down on the dirt playground there in pain. And his friends would come and bring him food. He couldn't take it any longer, so he just started walking toward Addis. And a bus came, and a bus driver felt sorry for him, picked him up, gave him some food, took him into Addis. And there he was as a street kid living on the street. 
retreat there until Rick Hodes, Dr. Hodes, found him, the Jewish oncologist there, and also works with deformities of the spine. Got him into Mother Teresa Hospital, got him down to Ghana, where he got some help. Now his spine rests on his pelvis. But he always had in his mind, why did God do this to me? So then you and I and Temeskin, we sat down and we looked at John 9 and began to talk about it. How this man was not born, no one sinned that this man was born blind, but it was for the glory of God. And explain to, explain to Semenyu, your deformity of your spine was for the glory of God. That's why you were made that way, so that you could come, first of all, and be saved from your sins and, and call on the name of the Lord to be saved, which he did, praise God. That changed him when he saw God formed him, God yet sarred him, even the deformity in his spine, because God's got a higher purpose. Thank you for joining Tom Cantor and the Friendship with God radio program today. Now, if you'd like daily devotional verses from Tom Cantor, go to friendshipwithgod.org to sign up for Tom Cantor's daily devotional verse. You can also go there to find how to send a free gift to a lost Jewish person or directly to you to give to that lost Jewish person. Go to friendshipwithgod.org to support this amazing Old Testament Bible teaching radio program, Friendship with God and Tom Cantor. Go to friendshipwithgod.org, donate online. But also this month, we've got one last time we're going to offer Genesis 1, 2, 3, and 4, four volumes, 16 DVDs, 48 messages, over 40 hours of teaching from the Old Testament by Tom Cantor. It's yours for a donation of $80 or more. Get this resource. It's the last time we're going to offer it. Four volumes of Genesis teaching from Tom Cantor. Your donation of $80 or more will get you this incredible DVD offer. Over 40 hours of teaching from Tom Cantor. Go to friendshipwithgod.org. You can order it online at our online bookstore. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Or you can call us now at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. Donation of $80 or more will get you this amazing DVD set. 800-247-3051 or go to friendshipwithgod.org.